Hello and welcome to another edition of Conversations Beyond the Pew. And I'm pretty excited today because I get to talk to an old friend uh, who knows how to live life, uh, whether it's uh, international or it's uh, working on all kinds of stuff up in Boston. And so thanks for joining me, Eric. Thank you for having me, Kara. Uh, yeah. So Eric, is, you're a jack of many trades, I feel like. Uh, you are an artist first and foremost, and then you have all of these creative ways. And so I was thinking it would be fun to talk today because during this pandemic, you have continued to be inspired and you are producing work, whether that's art and furniture or food, like getting really creative with food. And so I thought, wouldn't it be fun to talk a little, little bit about inspiration, even in the middle of a pandemic? Because I don't think everybody feels inspired during this time. Agreed. Uh, so what have you found to be the most inspiring about this period for yourself? Well, I think with um, quarantine and self-isolation, it's... Um, it's always good to look um, you know, either one can look at it as the silver lining or one can look at the situation, flip it on its head and say, how can I stand to perhaps benefit from this kind of situation? And one may look at that and say, oh my, you know, how can I possibly benefit from this? Well, we all have a lot more quote unquote free time. Now I am speaking of course, as someone that does not have kids at home and whatnot, but right. There are vast opportunities for, um, you know, conversations you've never had, hmm. um, self-reflection, uh, chances to maybe pick up where you left off from something, hmm. or even something that, hey, I've always wanted to do that, but now's a good opportunity to maybe try it. Yeah. Um, you know, between all these online courses, uh, websites and YouTube, I feel that, you know, there has to be something out there that can help either pass the time or, you know, turn an otherwise unpleasant or miserable experience into something that could offer, um, growth in some sort of manner. I mean, it just, just, just because someone says, Oh, I've, I learned how to do this. What did you learn how to do? I just did some self-reflection. Self you know, that's still growth, arguably sometimes the most important kind. Yeah. So I think I, I, really for me, the, the bane of fear and, um, you know, the, the, the idea of being isolated, and I understand that we are social creatures, but, you know, creativity can really be that solution to that problem. I like that. Creativity can be a solution to a problem. Um, and I think that we even see this on a, not just a personal level, right? We actually see this. It's going to be creativity in science that finds a vaccine. Oh, right? absolutely. So, somebody's going to have a moment where they're like, oh, wait, but maybe if we move this compound to this compound. And so it's kind of interesting that that creativity at every step 
is probably what's going to get us through. Or even people, um, whether they've, they've lost a job or they find themselves in a situation they don't want to be in, like you've got to use, you've got to be creative to figure out the next step. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I understand this uh, situation for some people that might listen to it, that, you know, if you have lived the kind of life that's more of the office variety where it's a nine to five, you have a routine. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm all for those people that enjoy a routine that doesn't really, really work for me. But yeah. um, I, I understand that this is, this is something that a disruption to a routine can be extremely off-putting mm-hmm. um, to, to people where it, it may even cause uh, some, some sort of high anxiety or panic. And, that's really where the creativity can come in and say like, well, you know what? Okay. Okay. Yes. The world is, is not where it is. It's been hit a keel. It's been thrown a jar, but what can you do with this time? You know, you can sit down make a list like, okay, well I can, Hey, yeah, well there is that. I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to crochet. I've always wanted to try cooking that dish that my mom made. There are options Hmm. that may open up other doorways of connection or reconnection yeah. or, or different paths to, you know, things that we may have never even thought of considering. So I've really enjoyed looking at the art that you've been putting up, which you've been working on some pieces of furniture. And so talk a little bit about that. Cause I know it's one of those, the furniture you've had it for a while, but you hadn't, yet worked on it the way you have during this time. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's a very, very clear way of, way of putting it. Um, I think that, you know, that's, that would be a clear cut case of someone saying, Hey, I really want to do this. Or like, you know, they get a car that they want to work on uh, as a pet project. And then just, you know, you realize that when you get it like, Ooh, wow, this is going to be a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Um, so I, I had a collected a series of pieces, um, and then I think I did take some courses. But again, time really did end up being the issue there because if anyone that's worked on furniture knows that it's not something you can rush. Um, you know, wood needs to breathe. Uh, you can't just jump from one um, phase to the next. Sometimes you need a day or two. Um, <clears throat> so it's not something that you can easily do piecemeal yeah Uh, it's something that requires a dedicated timeline uh whether it's here and there but there's you know it's also not small chunks of time either like you have to be able to say like oh yes i'm gonna reserve these five hours for this oh like my past schedules really never allowed for that but um with this with the situation what it does and also some advantage um to some evolution in uh products Mm -hmm. that probably were not really around that much 10 years ago um and maybe seven years ago so i decided said okay you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna turn around and turn these into something that is uh you know interesting form of expression there's something about this uh, along the lines of what you said with uh having dedicated time about also being patient like being patient with what you are working on. And I have noticed a little bit about this time 
like either you're going to like slow down and be a little more patient with things. You're going to stand in that line six feet from each other. And you know, when you get in the store, you get in the store or else you're not, and you're going to drive yourself crazy and possibly hurt yourself and someone else. Yes. That's, that's, we've seen numerous examples of that. Um, uh, do you find that creativity takes generally it takes patience like you, you've got to be like quiet and slow at certain points i will take that one step further okay i think actually creativity creates the ability to have patience ah nice um i can definitely say that certainly some years ago when I started these projects, I did not, absolutely did not have the patience. And I know that because I gave up. Yeah. Um, one, one, the one piece that we were speaking about that I had uh, recently finished, um, I, when I pulled the pieces out, A, I didn't have all the pieces. Ah. So some of them had whatever meandered and I looked at it and I was like, oh, you know what, I'm just, forget this, I'm going to throw it out. Um, fortunately, nothing that would have been detrimental to the reassembly. However, only half the pieces had actually been stripped uh, okay. of their original stain. So that, that I looked at that, I don't remember, but that, I looked at that and said, ah, and of course the pieces that I had not um, stripped off the old uh, varnish were the ones that were more heavily stained. Uh. Meaning that they, you know, I had done a certain amount and then I had seen what I had left saw how much more work it was mm -hmm. and then thrown in the towel. Okay. So that, that told me, I said, okay, wow, you really, really, and, and anyone that's done furniture sale, you try to glue that stuff back together. It, it requires, uh, it requires a certain amount of patience. I can say, I can say that for sure. Well, and you haven't just reassembled it. Like, Hey, I think, you know what? I'm going to strip off the old stuff. I'm going to put on a new stain. Um, reassemble it and be done. That's not what you've done with these pieces. No, no, that's um, some of these pieces uh, involved gold leaf. Um, none of them were restained. That just mm -hmm. in case someone's listening and was like, "Oh, you just restained them back to their original assembly." No, no, no. These were painted. These were graffitied with all kinds of um, symbolism. So they're they're they've become kind of standing statements yeah. of art in, in of themselves and um but but complete disassembly installing new modern hardware so that things actually slide properly yeah like that that all has to be done one stage at a time and also the sequence has to be done in a very specific way you can't say oh i'm going to do this first just because i want to see it done that way like no you, it has to be done at the end <laughs> Right. There's a process to it all. Yeah. Um, well, and I see you take that care in that process with food. Um, mm. You've always been the chef ever since I've known you. You've always loved to cook up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I think I was present for the great, what we stuffed meat inside of meat inside of what did it was a beef wellington. What was that dish? Do you remember that a few years ago? I it's, Think it was, it was a salmon Wellington. It was yes. yes. In, did we put it in something else? 
So I, I would actually make that dish slightly differently today because I at some point realized that I had been using the entire, I was using phyllo dough for that dish. Yes. Think not realizing, you know, baking is not my thing. Uh, it's my one weak spot in the realm of cooking. And I had uh, for many, many years until probably three years ago, um, realized that instead of phyllo dough, you're supposed to be using pastry dough. And I never realized they were different. So that's it was. It was still. It still came out wonderfully. But yes, it was salmon wrapped in a spinach, uh, chopped spinach and feta, and onion, and then then that was wrapped in minced crab and shrimp, and then you you refrigerate all of that, and then you wrap it in dough, and then you cook it like a normal beef Wellington. But yes, an, an enormous amount of work to be fair. Yeah, um, I, I remember it took us several hours. I was just the sous chef. I was just doing what I was told. But it, it was several hours in probably all the dishes your mother had multiple times. <laughs> probably. Sounds, sounds about right. I've, I've, to be fair, tried to uh, streamline some of the ways I've, uh, I've been cooking. But, you know, it's, again, it goes back to, you know, the whole thing about the, the quarantine. Yeah, I looked at it's like, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, I, it's, I, I do my juices. I do my uh, fresh pressed juices and the kombucha. And uh, that's, that's a regimen in of itself. But I was like, All right, what, can, what, what can I learn how to cook? Mm. And what's, a, what's a kind of food that I've not made before? So I've been working a little bit with some Indian food lately. Um, nice. I recently discovered that I could use... Um, you know, uh, my deli slicer to slice vegetables. Oh, nice. Because I, it's, I, if, if you saw that roasted sweet potato recipe, you know. It was, I did. Yeah, people were saying like, oh, all the recipes, they say, use a mandolin. I'm like, I don't know if these people are just cutting and pasting from other websites. But for those out there that use a mandolin, you cannot use a mandolin with potato or sweet potato. Right. It's Certainly not raw. I don't know. Maybe these, they don't announce it in the recipe that they're steaming these or softening them up. And even then you can't, even if it's a little softened up, it won't, doesn't work against the blade of a mandolin. I was like, how can I shred these things paper thin, not paper thin, but like reasonably thin. And I just had, don't ask why I, I for, for experimental purposes, I do actually have a small electric deli slicer. Um, nothing like what you'll see in the stores, but I was like, you know, I wonder if I can use this for sweet potatoes. Oh my God. It was a revelation. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to make all the weirdest ratatouille from now on because I know I can slice all these vegetables super thin and stack them quickly. I was like, oh, this is, a, this is amazing. And I've had that thing for probably two years. Well, Barely and, ever used it. And the moment you started talking about that, I was like, that would be perfect if you wanted to do vegetable carpaccio. And you need yeah. to get it thin. You can it was make super thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great carpaccio that way. Vegetable Excellent carpaccio. Point. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Take a picture if you do that. I'll see. <laughs> <Will it>. do. <laughs> um, so as you're you're cooking, how do you feel? And you've got the creativity. You're feeling inspired during this time to cook and try new things. And what have you haven't you tried? Um, I actually tried the other day. I've made lemon curd. Never made lemon curd before, but I thought, heck, why not try it? But how do you feel like 
that plays off of your art? Like, do you see like at, at certain moments, um, the art, the furniture, you're stronger in that. And then you go to the food and then the food inspires you to do something in the art, the art inspires you to do something in the food. Like, do you ever see those things, uh, playing together? Hmm, that's a great question. That's a very, very, very good question. Um, I, poof, I think in, creativity inspires creativity. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't say it's a conscious mm -hmm. um, connection. I wouldn't say that like I'm, I'm cooking something. I'm like, oh, you know what? If I actually did this with that painting, but the whole process right. as I'm, you know, probably at the um, setting up of the actual dish and then looking at it, you know, something may happen in the back of the mind. Mm -hmm. of like, well, you know what, well, you know, we could kind of take that idea and go over there. Um, I mean, I, I will say this, the best thing about um, quote-unquote a pandemic or a quarantine, I mean, it's like, yeah, yes, we quote-unquote, we have to avoid social distancing, but I think really the best things to do um, with that are always like, you know, go for a walk. Go for mm -hmm. a bike ride. Um, I, I get inspired. Like subject matter for artwork mm -hmm. can be the creative process of cooking. Um, certainly, the creative process of other artwork. I, that that one absolutely. The furniture and the the painting definitely kind of intermingle on that one. Um, as I as I'll do something on the furniture, I'll be like, oh wow, yeah, hey, you know what? Just this imagery inspires me to do a whole new painting on something else. Mm. Um, but, but at the same time, even just kind of brainstorming inside my head, going for a bike ride or a walk, um, can yield similar results, you know, something I can see something on the street, uh, interaction between one object and another, or just, you know, some random bit of cloud or sunshine. And then just, you know, something pops in the head. Hmm. So it's also about noticing, like if you want to be inspired or get creative, it's also about, you know, yes, you're, you're moving through the world, but it, it's noticing whether that's the way the sunlight is coming through the leaves on the tree or um, because you're in Boston, seeing the, the way the, the sun hits the, the water. Mm -hmm. I, I can say that's maybe the one thing that I, I would say for anybody that's feeling stressed, I would say, yeah, like, yeah, go for a walk, go for, you know, do something for yourself. But the most important part would be probably something that might even be a little scary to some don't wear headphones. Mm. It's the worst thing you can do. Like, I understand people's need to um, compensate and zone out. But the whole idea, George Carlin talked about this in the 90s uh, when he was talking about people being burnt out at the breakneck, breakneck pace of life. Yeah. You know, he said, I think kids don't need structure. I think they need daydreaming. Oh, nice. He said, mandatory daydreaming. And he's paused for a moment. He pointed out to the audience. He goes, you guys could probably use some of this yourselves. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I really think, I mean, when I go for a walk or a, a bike ride, I, I, I can't 
imagine going for a run and having headphones in. For me, that's just like, I mean, you're A, you're not mindful of your surroundings, but that's one, that's a whole different thing. But like, you're not, you're not going to be inspired because you're in this tunnel vision of your own little world. Mm. You know, you're not going to look up and around every single time I'm looking at other people there. It's, they're, they're running, but I mean, they're, they're zoned out. Yeah. But you don't want to, you don't, just because it's scary doesn't mean you don't want to keep your eyes out and mind out. Right. right. You know, just, I, I would say like, you know, think of it the way some people enjoy going on a roller coaster. Like you can actually kind of enjoy that. So like just because there's a scary situation doesn't mean, you know, to, to immediate, uh, resp- even, yes, there's the fear and flight response, but that doesn't mean that's what you have to do, even though we're kind of genetically programmed to do that. It's, you don't have to go outside and then like put on your headphones and just zone out. You're like trying to appreciate. We are literally in the season of rebirth. Mm, yeah, I like. That. And to 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 just avoid that, it's like no, no, no. Go outside, sit on a bench. Don't have you know, like oh, bring a book if you want, but then just you know what? Just soak up your surroundings. Notice the bees on the flowers. Look at the animals that you have around you given me you know, wherever you are makes me think being present like you really have got to be yes fully present yes i mean i will say that's maybe i think the one thing julia childs talked about this in her very very first video ever it's in black and white she talked about that mm-hmm. so like, you know, it's a, you've got to be confident and you have to be present and even if she, even as she says that, she tries to flip this huge thing of mashed potatoes, and she she misses it, and she goes, "See, I did I did that. I, I wasn't I wasn't confident enough. I wasn't present when I did that." Mm. So it's I will say that the, the thing about creativity it forces you to be present. You you cannot be creative. I mean, sketching and brainstorming, you can let your mind wander, but in terms of like actually doing something in front of you. And then I, I would say that's one of the nice things about being creative. It's like that helps you develop being present. Mm-hmm. I've had conversations with people where I'm just, I almost want to snap my fingers. I'm like, I know you're not here. You're talking to me, but your mind is right. somewhere else. And it's, it's easy to be distracted in this digital age. That's why I think in a, a lot of times being creative forces you, you know, to, to be grounded right here, right now. Yeah. So what do you feel like during this time has, you have enjoyed producing like the most out of whether it was food or the furniture, what has been the thing that you have produced in your, through this creativity? <laughs> that you just love? Hmm. That's an interesting question because I'm fairly sure. I know Dolly wanted this and I don't remember if what other famous artists were also kind of in on that, um, in on that vein. Um, To them, it was never about the pieces. I think, Mm. but Dolly wanted all of his pieces just burned basically in the end and for for an artist anyways is let's just say taking a new count what i'm doing it's the painting and the furniture even though they are all in the same style it's really about the journey Mm. so like every piece leads to something else 
So, and I, I can say personally speaking, I know that my happiness is tied to that creativity and the evolution of that creativity. So um, the entire, the, the fact that I've had more free time um, to, you know, make good progress on that journey has probably been the, the most rewarding, even though, I mean, I can tell you every painting that I'm done with, the moment I'm done with it, even like the tea cabinet, which generally I can say I'm thrilled with, the moment I'm done with it, I never want to see it again. Uh, okay. Because that's just, you know, like that was, that's now a step behind me. Ah, that makes sense. And it's, it's similar to the cooking where people say, oh, how did you make this? I'm like, I don't really follow a recipe per se. I, I can use something as a base, but, you know, I'll paint it, I'll make it, and next time I'll make it, I'll make it a little bit differently. It may not be better. It may be better. Yeah. But, you know, it's just the point is to always uh, experiment. Well, and it actually gives you almost like a ritual for when in life you have to let things go, right? So creativity is giving you a constant, every time you're creative and you finish something, you're able to then, you don't want to see it, you're able to let it go. And often, I think, um, I'm sure with us coming through the pandemic, people are not going to be able to let go of what was. Like they're going to struggle with letting go of how their life mm. was before it. And, and be very um, unwilling to accept a different life in front of them. Right. Even though there's no way to go back. Like mm -hmm. there's no not way to go back. for the foreseeable future. Right. And so it's a new life. Um, but that does mean we have to be able to let go of some of the things. Um, um, short story? Sure. Uh, I, I used to be an extremely sentimental person, um, took after some parts of my parents on that one. Um, and, uh, when I left, uh, Eastern Europe to come back to the United States, I had obviously, I had, had brought things with me when I moved there that were of certain sentimental value. And then when I came back, um, I have had obviously accumulated a, a fairly large amount of objects from different people and over the years that I had obviously grown attached to. And I realized that, you know, I had my portfolio and I had a suitcase and a backpack and that was it. Mm. And I had to give away everything, even the things that I had brought with me. Mm. Um, and you know, it's something, something silly. When I look back now, like a cup from a school when I was 13 graduated and just like everything I left behind. Yeah. Uh, gave it away, just, you know, threw it out. And I can say that that was probably my first step into the world of um, energy, at least a little bit, because it was incredibly cathartic. Mm. And so I think really for a lot of people, um, I, I've, done this with other people sometimes online as people in problems relationships and going through a painful event I, I usually tell people like, paint it out sketch it out draw it out because art that that therapy in of itself you know I say there's the artistic journey but there's always um especially when you're dealing at least with neo-expressionists like you're you're trying to convey some kind of set message 
Um, I appreciate that a lot more than I do the impressionist stuff that I used to do, which just was, it was pretty, but there was no message. Mm. You know, art that can be therapeutic in and of itself is, uh, falls more under the expression, expressionist or expressive side. And that is probably the other reason I, I get something in my head and my heart that I want to put out. Yeah. I throw it out, put it on the canvas or the you know, piece that's in front of me. And then it's out. Right. And so it's, it's great because you, you're not, you're no longer holding that inside you because you have taken it out of you and put it on an actual substrate. And most of the time when you do something like that, at least in my case, I can say like, all right, good. I'm done with it. Bye. Well, and you're able to share it with somebody else. So like, um, so I was recording my sermon today uh, for tomorrow. It'll go up tomorrow. But um, part of what I was talking about a little bit was the fact that um, we have to value life. Um, not just for ourselves, but how are we doing it for someone else? How are we valuing their life? Um, Mm -hmm. And I often talk about uh, in my sermons about, you know, it's, it's not just our actions, but how are we, we giving, what are we doing for someone else as well? Mm -hmm. And so creativity, then it's not just what it does for you of being able to let go. It then allows somebody else to be able to, to enjoy it or take it or be positively impacted by something you did. Yes. Agreed. I mean, that's the nice thing about, um, you know, painting one, something that's emotionally very charged is that that can be something that someone else can then bond with. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways that's what makes art so wonderful for the general populace is that if you, regardless of what the medium is for a lot of people out there that aren't so artistically inclined, mm-hmm. they can still form the same bond or maybe the same, but they, they can still form a deep emotional personal bond with a piece of artwork that represents what they feel. Yeah. Or, or even something that they don't realize they're feeling. Maybe maybe a stress, an anxiety. Um, you know, Rothko's paintings apparently are, are, are quite known for causing emotional outbreaks or outbursts from people from time to time because they're just, you know, you have this massive color and emotion in front of you and you just, you connect, you click with it in some way. Yeah. So, yes, it's, 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 it's a privilege in a lot of ways to be able to create something that, hopefully in the future some other people can then connect with in a way that will um you know either broaden their horizons or make them think differently or yeah you know help them create a bond that brings a little bit of joy to their life you know that's really the ultimate yeah absolutely well one last question that i always ask everybody is what piece of wisdom do you live by What piece of wisdom? There probably there probably would be many. Um, well, 
as someone uh, to, to get a little extra personal, um, as someone that I cannot say is a very happy, bubbly person, mm. you know, on the outside, on, on the, in general, I, I look at people that are just bubbly and happy and I said, how do you do that? <laughs> um, and especially in these, in this day and age, what everything that everybody's going through, um, I always find the great, my, for me, the greatest joys in giving. Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's a guy that manages, I believe the only gas station in the area that's open all night. Okay. And, um, you know, he's there, he's just behind there. And a couple of times that I, I come home late at night from driving, um, visiting my parents at the Cape and I'm like, Oh geez, I, I really do need to get gas. Um, or I want to grab something from the store. The last couple of times I can just see him sitting there by himself. Like, you know, one can go in the store. Um, and, so, and I know like, God knows what he's probably making minimum wage. Yeah. And so a couple of times I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy something. And then I, I slipped him a 20. I was like, yo, here's 20 cash. And he was just so happy. And I was like, you know, that, that made my day mm -hmm. to just make somebody else's day better. Mm. Yeah. And so I, I think if, if any day, any day that I have an opportunity to do something nice for somebody else, you know, that's a day well served. Nice, nice. That's no, even even something as small as a compliment. You see somebody like, hey, you know that looks nice. You look good today. Da da da. It's you know, just even some small random words of kindness can kind of really set somebody's day on a completely different course. No, it it really can um, because we, as you said earlier, we are all social beings, and so any connection that we're able to make with somebody um, that's positive, it, mm -hmm. there really is something uh, wonderful and joyful about that. Uh, well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me, and um, to all those who are listening, are still listening, uh, I hope that you feel inspired. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Kara, for having me. All right. Have a good Hope everybody listening gets some creative juices flowing from this. Absolutely. Absolutely.